nation of Sri Lanka. Uh, let's take that opportunity and also uh, bring your mum, bring your, uh, any woman you can find that uh, would, will come to church with you and uh, bring them along and we'll have an amazing day. It's going to be really fun together. Now this morning we're going to look at a couple of passages of scripture uh, to begin with and uh, I've got a message entitled, uh, Made for This, Made for This, We Are Made for This. So let's read this, uh, this verse from John chapter 10, verse 10. It says, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose, this is Jesus speaking, is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Proverbs 29, 18 also says, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild, but whoever obeys the law is joyful. Another version says, people without vision perish. This morning, if I was to ask you, could you tell me what your purpose is? If you could write it down in one sentence, how many people could actually do that? Say, this is my purpose. This is my reason for living. I really believe that if we can answer that question, then when we wake up every single morning, we go about the day, when we, ta- when we face difficult times, we will be able to answer that question. And we'll be able to push through in the difficult times and we'll be able to live and experience a life of purpose. Uh, there's two things in my life that I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for parents that made a decision when they were young, when they were early married, to be in the house of God, to choose to be here at church on a Sunday. I've been in a lot of different denominations, and, but, but every single time, when it comes to Sunday morning, this is where we find ourselves. We find ourselves in church. I'm so thankful for parents who made that decision. I'm also thankful for the local church. I'm thankful that the local church is, is different. It's every, every, every church has got a different flavor and a different personality. It's kind of like ice cream. It's chocolate, Rocky Road, goody-goody gumdrops, but it's all kind of ice cream, isn't it? And, and, but, I, but I'm so thankful for the local church where a young boy growing up, not sure quite what he's supposed to be doing, could have the opportunity to learn and grow and develop his gifts. That the chances I was given by the local church to, to develop and, to, and the gifts of leadership that I, I'm now walking out on a daily basis, I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful for parents who raised me in church, and I'm thankful for the local church where I've been able to discover that. Discovering our purpose on earth is the greatest thing we can ever do. Because when we do that, what we end up living is the rich and satisfying life, as we've read about in John 10. When we live out purpose, we can come home from work tired, but we can put our head to the pillow and we can rest because we know we've done what we're called to do. As a parent raising a child at home, you can put your three, four, five, ten, twelve kids into bed and spend the rest of the evening tidying up after them, but then you can go to sleep going, I am raising my, my children with a sense of purpose and destiny. There's nothing like living a life of purpose. And as followers of Jesus, it's important we don't lose sight of the big picture. Jesus Jesus said, there's a mission that I want you to fulfill in Matthew 18, 28, 18 to 20. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And I will be with you always to the very end of the age. So Jesus' command to his followers is to go out and make disciples. What is a disciple? A disciple is someone who follows the practices of the person they are following. 
To be a disciple of Christ means to live and love and lead like Jesus did. This morning, I want to share a message called Made for This. And as a church, we have a big vision to reach, serve, and influence our community. You see on the plaque, on, on that missions video, that vision is going global. That vision is in other nations of this world to reach, serve, and influence. And this is an exciting, it's an inspiring vision. And it's not a vision that is for the technically brilliant or those that have achieved it, those that have got all their ducks in a row. It couldn't be because I'm part of it. And my life is far from perfect. I'm just an ordinary, everyday guy that just keeps saying yes to God, keeps saying yes to opportunities, and I find myself just walking through day after day the purpose that God's put on my life, but I didn't discover my purpose until I was about 22, and I'm going to share that towards the end of my message this morning. And I believe that it's a, a vision that's just for the adults. I love our young people. How many people love our young people? Come on, they are changing the world they are living in. Just to hear the testimonies of encounter camp, of baptisms, of baptism in the spirit, of, of miracles and healings and, and just amazing moments that were taking place as they followed God. How about our children who every week are being told that they are created on purpose for a purpose? Our children that in the middle of the tragedies in Christchurch, the theme that had been prepared for the months in advance was hope. That they could work out that hope is believing that something good can come out of something bad. And this is what our children are learning, and they are a part of the vision that we have together. Psalm 16:11 says, You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with the joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Is that your experience? Is that your life? Is your life filled with the pleasure of being in his presence? I pray that that is your experience, that you are experiencing a life of purpose. And if you aren't, if you kind of say, well, I'm not sure what you're even talking about, you're probably in good company. But I want to tell you that God created you on purpose for a purpose. And discovering that purpose is the most exciting adventure you can go on and the most fulfilling thing you could ever do in your life. Would you pray with me this morning as we try to unlock our purpose? Father, we thank you that we're not here by accident. It's not random chance. We are here because you created us. You, with intelligent design, created the universe and the world we live in. And you created each of us unique and different and special and with purpose. And God, we thank you so much, Lord, that you've given each of us a purpose to walk out. Lord, show us what we need to do to discover this and walk this out and to honor you and, and love you and serve you within that purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've got an incredible hope, an incredible future. We've got a purpose that God's created for us and we have an enemy of our souls. His name is Satan, and all he wants to do is stop us from achieving our purpose. I read this verse in John 10.10 10 that says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his purpose. That is his purpose. In fact, it says the thief's purpose in the NLT. It says the thief's purpose. His purpose in life is to steal and kill and destroy. But my purpose, Jesus says, 
is to give them a rich and satisfying life. How many people would say they have a rich and satisfying life? About 12 of you. And did you know that, that you're actually probably in good company? Because what the enemy does is he, he takes this purpose that we have and he tries to steal it from us. Tries to rob us of the purpose that we're supposed to be living. And he does it in three different ways. Number one is confusion. He brings confusion to our lives. Many of us don't know why we're wired the way we are. Do you know a study was made in America of, of Christians living in, in, in America? 87% of those people didn't understand their purpose. And judging by the 12 people that put their hands up, we might be in good company here. Or maybe some of you just wouldn't raise your hand anyway, and that's fine. I'll give you a million dollars. Who wants a million bucks? Twelve of you. Brilliant. So that, that theory doesn't really work, does it? <laughs> but do you know the church is described as Jesus' body? In 1 Corinthians, he, he describes us as his body. Elam Christian Center could be the little pinky in the body of Christ. And each of us are individuals making up the body of Christ. And how amazing is that? But imagine if 87% of my body did not function. Imagine if 87% of my body was trying to be another part of the body. Imagine if my right toe was trying to be my kidney. It's not going to go so well. But this is the problem when we try and live out our purpose, but we don't know what our purpose is. And so there's confusion, and the enemy wants to bring confusion. And he does it in so many ways, but one of the ways he likes to do is keep us busy. We all like being busy, busy, busy. How you doing? I'm busy, I'm busy, 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 busy. And we wear it like a badge of honor. I'm busy, I'm busy. I, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm busy. My life is full. I don't know, it's, don't know really what it's filled with, but I'm busy. Like that's a good thing. Nothing wrong with being active and you know, and people would often ask me, oh, Mike, how are you? Oh, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. Yeah, I've changed my language. You may have heard me recently. I've changed my language. I'm not busy. My life is full. Come on, Jesus says, I'm going to bring you life and life in all its fullness. Come on, I'm living a full life, but I'm living a life of purpose. The best thing the enemy can do is get us confused and get us busy on a bunch of stuff that doesn't even matter. For 20 years. I found myself chasing after everything I thought I was supposed to do for everybody else. And I got busy and confused, messed up. I'm starting to understand that God's created me on purpose for a purpose. And now I'm living out my purpose and I'm living a rich and satisfying life. And that's the kind of life I wish for every one of you. Not busy, but full, full with everything that God's got for you and all the stuff that he doesn't have for you, just leave it alone. It's not even yours. Don't even worry. Let someone else do that. Just be attentive to the things God's asking you to do. Second thing he does is he likes to take us through that battle of comparison. He brings confusion into our lives, but then he brings comparison. When you look at somebody else and you go, oh, I wish I was like them. I just wish I had what they had. I wish I had their job. I wish I had their opportunities. I wish I had their looks. I wish I had their hair. I wish I had their height. I wish I had their teeth. 
wish I had their wife. This is the reality. We look over somebody else's fence and we look at the, right, the rich, the lush grass, not realizing that that's big. You know, going to a paddock, there's a reason that grass is really growing. Because everybody's got to deal with their own stuff. And that stuff grows us. It's true. But let's not look across the fence and wish we were someone else. I can look at T.D. Jakes and Joel Osteen and even Steve Green and think I've got to be like them, but they're already taken. And it took me a lot of years to work out that actually I'm okay. I'm, I'm Mike DeVetter and, you know, I'm trying to be like Jesus and I'm a long way off it yet, but boy, I'm doing all right. I'm on my path. I'm on my way. So stop looking across the fence at somebody else's life, wishing you had theirs because it's not yours to live. Just live your life. Live a full life, not a busy life, but a full life. Third thing the devil wants to do is he wants to bring a counterfeit. We chase the promotion. We chase the title. We chase the career rather than accepting the calling that God's got for us. And we think if I can just climb up another level, Jay Rockefeller, the richest man alive at the time, was asked, how much money do you need? He says, just a little bit more. UK's youngest lottery winner, a young girl of 17. She won $2 million, the equivalent of New Zealand $2 million. She says, I wish I never won that money. I wish I could be given $2 million to test that theory. <laughs> she says, my life was worse than it was, she says to her 15,000 Instagram followers. I wish I didn't even get that money. In fact, I might have to go and get a job now. Poor thing. But thinking that money would be enough, that money would satisfy the longing in her heart, would, would, would satisfy the purpose, it didn't. See, we can look at all of these things and think this will give us purpose, but knowing God is the most important thing. Being known by Him and then telling others about Him, that is our purpose. But it's our unique purpose that we need to discover. So we fight an enemy who wants to bring confusion, comparison, and a counterfeit purpose. But we believe that God has given us as a church a system, a, a pathway for people to discover how they've been made, how God's created them. We believe the first step is to know God, to know God. And in a Sunday service, we give people opportunities every single week. And I will in just a few minutes' time. I'm going to give people an opportunity to be able to respond to a God that loves them. God that gave his son to die on the cross for their sins. And you might be here today saying, what is my reason? What is my purpose in life? Your purpose is to know God. That's your first and most important purpose to understand. The second thing is we believe that people can find freedom. Because it's one thing to know God, but then we've got to get free from all the things in our past that hold us back. You know, there's a future ahead of us, but so many of us, we're chained to our past, past addictions, past pain, past disappointment. And God said, I want you to move out of those places into a place of freedom. And we can find freedom, we believe, through small groups. If you're not already signed up for a small group for this term, jump out there in the foyer at the end. Sign up. Do life with some people this term. 
Get a chance to pray with somebody. Encourage somebody. Do life together and you will find freedom. See, we can come in here on a Sunday and we can have a great time of worship and, and hear a good message or, or whatever it is. But freedom comes when we do life with other people. When we take off our masks and we say, you know what, I'm not doing as well as I put on on Sunday. Come on. We can turn up on Sunday and, and, and put on a show sometimes. I, I never want that to be the case, but the reality is we, we do hide our pain from people as a, as a part of self-preservation. But in a small group, you don't hide. You don't have to because you've got a group of people that love you and know you and want to see you find freedom. So, so join a small group and find some freedom. Then we can discover our purpose, and we do that through the growth track. And the growth track is starting this Sunday every month. With four Sundays of the month, we, we, just, we just go back to back. We just roll it over. If you haven't done the growth track, can I encourage you to do that? In the growth track, you'll discover your purpose. You'll begin to, to, to work out how God's wired you. You'll learn a little bit, of, a lot about yourself. And then ultimately, we believe that people can make a difference. And we see that in the dream team. And it's not just here on a Sunday. Please hear me. We've got things that we, we, we love seeing happen here on a Sunday morning. But when you discover your purpose, you become a part of God's dream team that goes out into the world and makes a difference. When you understand who you are and who God's called you to be, you step into every situation going, I know who I am. And I know how I can be a blessing to somebody else. And I look out in this, in this group of people. And I see people that are living in, in so many different types of lifestyle and jobs and occupations. And they're living with the faith that they have in their heart and they're living with purpose. And I want to encourage you, keep doing that. Keep living that life of purpose. So we can discover who, who we are. You say, well, that's fine, but, but Mike, I, I kind of want some tips today for discovering my purpose. It's like, I'll do growth track, all right? So you're signing up for growth track, that's great. But I need some tips for today. How do I discover my purpose? purpose well we see in the bible four ways that god reveals his purpose to people there might be other ways but here's four specific examples the first one is that god reveals his purpose as a call from birth there's something in us you know we can see something sometimes when a child is born you can kind of see something in a child and go wow there's there's a calling on their life i believe that's on all of us Often that calling gets, gets uh, substituted or, or gets counterfeited by, by circumstance, by the environment they grow up in, but that call is from birth. I love Jeremiah, a prophet in the Old Testament. This is what came to him. The word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. You hear that? God knows you even before you were born. You don't pop out into this world and God goes, oh, hello, didn't expect you to go you're a part of God's plan. And you know what? Some of you, you're saying, well, the circumstances in which I arrived were not good. I know. But that does not diminish your purpose by one little bit. God allowed that to happen so your life, your purpose could be fulfilled. And out of that will come a story. Out of that will come a testimony. Out of that, you will walk through the journey with somebody else. That your pain, your darkness, your tough times will be a testimony for someone else to go, really, is there hope for me like there was for you? God wants you to walk out that call from birth. Second area is a growing awareness. Having a growing awareness. Joseph, in the Old Testament, you've got to read this. There's about 20 chapters devoted to the story of Joseph. 
Joseph at 17 years old, he has this picture of his whole family bowing down to him. Now, as a 17-year-old, he exercised the 17-year-old's wisdom. And he told his family, hey, guess what? You guys are going to be so stoked. One day, you're all going to bow down to me, even you, mom and dad. Isn't that awesome? They didn't think it was awesome. He was the kid's, he was the favorite, dad's favorite. Even had the coat to prove it. And his brothers, so jealous of him, threw him into a pit, told his, his father that he was dead. They sell him into slavery. Anyone ever want to sell their brother? <laughs> Anyone try to? <laughs> hey, I think there's some conversations going on after church, Reynolds family. <laughs> you know what he sold into slavery? He arrived and he, he began to, to, to grow in his awareness that God had his hand on him. But he found himself in a situation where he got accused of rape. He's in prison now. He can't fulfill his purpose. And then he gets out of prison and he finds himself as the second most powerful person probably in the world at the time. So gradually there's this growing awareness of what's going on in his world. And then his brothers, he had this dream, remember, probably about 13 years ago, he had this dream that his brothers would bow down to him. There's a famine across the land and Joseph is the answer. And so his brothers come and they bow down to him. Now in that moment, come on, all of that pain, what would you want to do? What would you like to do? What are you thinking of doing? Exacting revenge? Absolutely. But this is what he says. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what now is being done, the saving of many lives. Come on, there's, a, there's, there's an opportunity there. If we would see the growing awareness of what God is doing in our lives, what's happened in the past, we kind of look back and go, wow, God, you were moving in those situations. Third thing is walking through open doors, if the team can come now. Queen Esther in the Old Testament was a young Jewish girl in a Babylonian kingdom. She won the prize to be the queen, but the queen didn't really have a whole lot of rights. In fact, the queen pretty much did what she was told at the right time. At the same time, Haman, one of uh, the king's uh, council, was trying to destroy all of the Jews. And Esther became aware of it through her cousin Mordecai. She had an opportunity to do something about it. There was an open door in front of her. And this is the story that went on. This is Mordecai speaking to Esther. He says, for if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. In other words, somebody else will step up. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but that you've come to your royal position for such a time as this. Come on, you were made for this. Will you find yourself today? You were made for this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Maybe you're feeling something. God's speaking to you about something. There's an open door. Begin to walk through it. Discover your purpose. The fourth thing is the God encounter. Saul. In the New Testament, 
breathing out murderous threats. He was killing the Christians thinking he was doing God's work. He was off to Damascus to kill some more, to persecute some more. And God meets him on the road, blinds him, can't see for three days. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? His response was, who are you, Lord? Saul asked, I am, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you'll be told what you must do. From that moment, his life was changed. You know, there's God encounters, there's moments, there's encounters in our lives that shift us. Two encounters in my life stand out to me. I was about 22 years old, sitting on the steps of Kaitaia Intermediate, sitting with a couple of young boys, 11, 12 years old. I said, what's your dream? How are you going to change the world? One says, I want to be an all black. I'm like, awesome. What are you going to have to do to become an all black? I'm going to have to work hard. I'm going to have to to train. I'm going to have to eat good. Awesome. You can do it. Ask the other one, what's what's your dream? How are you going to change the world? He said, oh, I'm going to be on the dole like mom and dad. And at that moment, my heart just broke. Now, I appreciate a government that would allow for people who can't work to, to be able to live and survive and somebody looking for work or somebody injured or somebody sick to be able to receive that. But if that's the dream of a 12-year-old, we've failed. And in that moment, my heart said, no, 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 not on my watch. I'm, I don't want to live a life where a 12-year-old kid's telling me that's their future and their hope. That same year, I stood in, a, in an auditorium with a 1,000 people at Accelerate College in the big gym there. As, as a thousand young people were gathering and, and just, just worshiping God and they were speaking words over all the youth pastors. Now I was there with my 12 young people. No one knew who I was. I was kind of new at it, rookie and, as a youth pastor. And they're prophesying all of these, 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 these amazing youth leaders and I'm standing there going, God, I want a word. Give me a word, please. Somebody acknowledge me. And it was purely selfish. So selfish. Seeking. And I felt like God's whispered in my heart, say, Mike, it's not about you. It's about those you lead. It's about those you lead. And I apologize. I said, God, I'm so sorry. Let that be my life. Let my life be to get people on my shoulders. And that's my purpose. That's what I write in that gap right there. My life exists. My purpose is to get others on my shoulders. And every day I wake up and that is what I'm living. That's the purpose of God in my life. Giving people opportunities to go beyond anywhere I could ever go. And when I live that out, I live a rich and satisfying life. Come on, God has created you on purpose for a purpose. You've got to discover that today. Maybe something's coming awake. Something's coming alive this morning. Maybe there's something in you. You're saying, I was called for this from birth. I felt this. Maybe there's a growing awareness, even as I'm speaking, you're going, all of this lines up. In fact, there's an open door that I just walked through and look at what God did. But I believe there's going to be an encounter today for somebody saying, I know who I am. I know who I'm called to be. I am called to do this. We say again, God created you on purpose for a purpose, my friend. God created you on purpose for a purpose. Come on, if if you want to know God's purpose for your life, would you just raise your hand? If you don't feel like you've got that yet, 
I want to pray a prayer of you, over you. Father, thank you. Lord, for the desire of hearts to fully know your purpose. God, I pray you would speak, Lord, to every expectant heart, to every person with their hand raised saying, yeah, I want to know. Maybe I've got a glimpse of it, but I don't feel like I'm living that rich and satisfying life. I pray today you would settle something in the spirit. You would speak to them. This is your purpose. This is what I've called you to do. This is your moment as God speaks to you. Lord, reveal it to them in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, you might be here this morning and you're saying, well, I, you say, I, I'm, I've got to discover my purpose, but I don't even know God who would give me that purpose. I want to give you that opportunity right now. We believe God created your own purpose for a purpose. But sin has separated us from our relationship with God. It stopped us from living and fulfilling and experiencing that rich and satisfying life. But the Bible says that God gave his son, Jesus, to come and live on the earth, to live a perfect life, to die a death on the cross. And he had to die to pay for the sins that we had committed. If it was me, if it was you, if there was only one person on the planet, Jesus would have still died. And that death brought healing. That that death brought restoration. That death brought life. It was this beautiful exchange of, of our sin for our freedom. And today that has been offered to you with a simple prayer of faith that says, God, please forgive me for living life my own way. I want to follow you. I want to give my life to you. I'm I'm accepting your leadership in my life. And if that's you this morning and you would like to pray this prayer, I'm going to pray a prayer. In fact, we're all going to pray it out loud. And maybe you've been away from God and you're coming back to him today. Would you pray this prayer in faith and say, God, I'm coming back. I want to discover that purpose of what you've called me to do. So with every head bowed, eye closed, would you... Would you pray this prayer with me this morning? Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for me. Thank you you sent Jesus to die on the cross for me. Please forgive me for all of my sins. I turn from my old way of living and I choose to follow you. Thank you for your gift of salvation. I receive it today. In Jesus' name you prayed that prayer for the first time maybe you've prayed it before but but you you know today you're receiving that that second chance we want to know who you are and we we want to help you on your journey we don't want to embarrass you but we want to connect with you after the service we've got a team at the back they're just going to spot you as you raise your hand is there anyone this morning that prayed that prayer for the first time or maybe you prayed it again and you're coming back to god would you do something brave right now and put your hand up that's me i prayed that prayer Come on, anyone here this morning saying, yes, I'm committing my life to God, maybe for the first time, maybe I'm coming back. Anyone here this morning, pray that prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. I'm going to pass back to Amy. Awesome. That was a great message, wasn't it? I love that, that Jesus has come to give us a rich and satisfying life. You know, maybe... You prayed that prayer this morning and you didn't put up your hand. Can I encourage you? There's a connect card on your seat. The second box down is what you can tick that says.